following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It is dark at the time we're recording this, and I'm not wearing sunglasses. I almost killed a guy coming over here. <laughs> Jeez. Wearing all either black or navy on a bike with no lights. Really? Crossing your road as I was turning off of Weathering Hills. Wow. Well, glad you didn't hit him. So, and I was paying attention. I didn't have my phone in my hand. Yeah. But I started to make the turn, and I saw this dude cross, and I just I slammed up. I went, what? My window wasn't open, but I would have yelled, what the hell are you doing? Nobody can see you. Right. What? You got to wear something. Why you are you out? Have like a, don't they have reflectors on yes. bikes anymore? Or? Why are you out for a bike ride? Well, it's still relatively early, but. Fine, but it's dark out. Mm. Nobody can see anything. Not only that, but you're not allowed on sidewalks. Bikes aren't allowed on sidewalks. They're not? No, they're not. Jesus. That's, that's why they're building bike lanes now. I thought they. I thought the Janesville City Council just wanted to be trendy like Madison. Well, that, that that's when they put a bike lane in the middle of mm. three lanes of traffic. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, I perfect example. I was trying to park for the state championship games a couple of weeks ago, and I'm downtown trying to get into a parking space or to a road for a parking garage on campus. Kids are coming and going. It's chaos. I have bikes zooming by my car by about an inch away. Like, they are just entirely used to it. I'm fearing that I am going to annihilate someone. Madison's like, remember, remember like, in the in the 80s and 90s when they'd, you'd see in a movie, like, downtown Hong Kong? Yes! That's Madison now, where it's just, like, all, it's just bikes everywhere. And there's one, and there's, like, one cop in the middle of everything directing <laughs> traffic. It's like, you can't control all this mass chaos. Ugh, it's the worst city. Unbelievable! Oh, all right. Anyway, you better, you feel better. I'm just glad I didn't hurt somebody, <laughs> and I'm glad I don't have I'm to answer too. to a police officer. Good grief! Yeah. All right, uh, it's the intentional foul. Apologies for last week and scheduling conflicts and a holiday weekend. It was just a little bit rough. We had to had to jet up to uh, up to Minnesota in between a game on Tuesday. We just couldn't find time to do everything, so we are back and have to, a lot to catch up on. We'll do. All the NFL stuff, we'll do some NBA stuff, college football, and I can unload on the Badgers, um, some college hoops, and also some baseball. So we do have a lot to get to this week, and we will start with your Chicago Bears as they lose to the Ravens last week Sunday Mm -hmm. and then turn around and beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. Maybe the two worst football games I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, like... That Ravens-Bears game last Sunday was an absolute abomination. It was 7-6 to six with, like, two minutes left in the game. Yeah, that's a high-scoring baseball game. Oh, my God. And uh, the Bears did everything they could do to lose the game until they get a lucky play where Dalton just heaves one downfield. And the Bears score a touchdown with, like, I don't know, a minute and a half left um, to go up, what, let's see, 
thirteen. To, oh, it was it was nine to six at the time. So they went up thirteen to nine. Again, more baseball. And then they completely gag all over themselves, and the Ravens go down and score a touchdown and win the game, sixteen thirteen. Um, <laughs> then during the week, it's reported by oh I believe the Sun Times that Nagy had already been informed by Bears management. That he was going to get fired, win or lose, no matter what, after yes. the Thanksgiving game yep. against the Lions, which uh, was an obvious lie. I mean, well, considering th- we're also sitting here on Monday night and he's still the coach, I li- I, w- I went to lunch with the with the old guys on Tuesday, and while I was waiting in the parking lot for them, I was tuned into the score, and they were just having a field day with this. Just going absolutely nuts on how, if it was true, it's a complete breakdown. It's just ridiculous and unexcusable from Bears management, and they've reached a new low, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I mean, there was just no way it was true, though, because, number one, a team would never do that. And, number two, if they did, the coach would never stay. What, and, why, why, why would if you're Matt Nagy? And and I'd said. be like, screw you! I'm gonna have how uh, Thanksgiving with my family. Then why, why aren't you just dropping your clipboard? Exactly, chucking them your visor yeah. and saying, so, "I'm out of here." I never. And that's kind of what yeah. they were saying because they were trying to challenge the validity of this mm-hmm. um, and saying, "Well, he's gonna talk to us maybe for the last time and hold his press conference." They were waiting on him like an hour after um, we went in for lunch. So I was like. Jesus, what's 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 going to happen here? I mean, they were just it was awesome sports radio to listen to in Chicago because as of course those those guys just eat, sleep and breathe bears and they oh, just yeah. they lose their minds whenever anything like this, you know, some big news with the team happens. It's it's just it's just horrific sports radio to listen to in a great way. But they so they beat Detroit barely. In another equally awful game, no yes. feet, no Justin Fields who gets hurt in the Ravens game gets a rib injury, so it's it's Andy it's Dalton. Dalton versus Jared Goff. I mean, if there's like, my mom's like, what time should we eat? I'm like, during the game, <laughs> anytime you want. She I don't care at all the game? about no. this game. This team is just awful to watch. They're just awful to watch. I mean, they can't run the ball and. They can't throw the ball downfield. They have stupid penalties. Their D-backs are awful. I mean, it's this team is... They have four wins somehow, and it's partly just because the teams, some of the teams they played, like, you get to play the Lions twice. Twice, right. And you beat them twice. So there's half of your wins is, the, is Detroit. Team that hasn't won yet. It's, it's ugly, man. It's ugly. But <laughs> hopefully... Um, they they keep on losing. They got a tough one this week at home against uh, yep. the Cardinals, coming off of a bye and and probably a a as as healthy as you're going to get at this point in the year, Kyler Murray. So that's not going to work out well, I don't think, for the Bears. <laughs> on well, Cliff Kingsbury is already being wooed by college programs, which I don't. I read a tweet from someone like I don't know how you don't you go from the NFL to college when you're actually having a successful time. I don't think it's ever I don't think anybody ever has willingly. That's what I mean. You, <laughs> you know, know, some guys get asked to go back, but I mean like Harbaugh was kind of on his way down when he went to he Michigan. Was, yeah, he was getting out. But he's he also could have got another NFL for job, sure. but Michigan that's his all that's a little different. And that's what I said. It like it depends where I read that and I went, well it depends where you go yeah. because you're basically 
higher up than the chancellor or the university president when you're at one of those schools. Yeah, he had already you're had, the big dog. He had already had a lot of college success at a couple different schools. So if he was going back, it was it was Michigan. Yeah, so I I'm not sure that Kingsbury's going to be leaving. But, no. Um, but that's it. That's all I got on the Bears. They suck. They're terrible to watch. Their games are pitiful. They're a clown show. I mean, uh-huh. it's 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 indefensible. We're, we got. I was thinking today. We got to have Lauren on here uh, towards the end of the year. Okay, just to kind of see what his thoughts of the future are going to be. Because you know, this team doesn't have. They've. I think right now they're the. They would have the sixth or the seventh worst record in the league. They don't have their pick. Giants have their pick, oh, right? Because they traded up for Fields, and now the Giants are so probably like that. And, get... and that's the thing. It's like that's why they're not tanking because not only is Nagy and Pace trying to save their job, doesn't do anything. They for have them. no reason no. to tank unless your unless your thought process is let's get the lowest second, second round, round pick we can get. But well, that's cause... not really how teams think. No, if you want to pick at the front end of every round, yeah. Well, you're going to get that sure. anyway, pretty much, right? But but do you want it to be the sixth pick or the second pick. But not sure when you get to the second, third, fourth. There's some fifth. pretty bad teams in football that are uh, a lot worse. A off. lot worse off. Yeah. Packers lose to the Vikings a week ago Sunday. I don't even remember much of that game, uh, honestly. Even though I know it's one they should have won. Justin Jefferson ran completely wild and free in the secondary. Um, Kirk Cousins. I, they just allow him to look good. He's had a good year. He really has. I mean, his numbers actually are pretty good. Yeah. Um, his when, touchdown to interception rate is like eight him, to one. Yes. I'm, I mean, it really is. Um, but, uh, again, going to Minnesota is always a crapshoot, mm-hmm. you know. It is. Uh, I think they had won their last couple of trips up there. But, uh, you know, on paper, I just think that the that these two teams should not be uh, – should not be cl- – I don't know – Vikings, I feel like they should be better than they are, but I think it's also coaching that brings them down. You know, I think they have a lot of good skill position players, and, like, they threw out that stat, and and, and we talked about it two weeks ago, the only team in the NFL that has led every game by at least seven points, Mm -hmm. and you're under 500. Yeah. That's an indictment of your coaching staff. I'm sorry. it is, and you've had some bad luck. You've had a couple of things. The ball just hasn't bounced your way. Where if it does, you're, you know, instead of being five and six after this week, you're seven and four. You know, and that's a huge difference for sure. So I mean, I I don't. There's a hell of a lot worse football coaches than Mike Zimmer. Oh yes, he's you know he he hasn't had a great year, but you know they got a lot of talent on offense. Their defense is up and down. But they should be better than five and six, no question. And then last night, Packers beat the Rams, which is a pretty good win, um, thirty-six to twenty-eight. I thought the offensive line held up; they bent, but they didn't break. Um, Aaron Jones was—you didn't really get that. Uh, I didn't hear after the game any comments from Lafleur, and I didn't play any, any this morning uh, on the air. But I, I think he was asked asked whether Jones was on a pitch count coming back real quick from that knee injury, but. Right now, RB1 is A.J. Dillon, and RB2 is Aaron Jones, to me. I think Dillon should be getting more of the playing time. Really? Because okay. because he's playing outstanding. If you want to play both of them and, and split Dillon out and put him somewhere else, I'm fine jo- with jo- that. Jones, you mean? Or Jones, Jones yes, out, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, because right now, I think Dillon is the dude who is more deserving and more productive, um, to me. Um, 
And, uh, I mean, Rodgers continues to play well. The, I, th- I thought the rushing touchdown, you know, faking out Ramsey on that bad toe or whatever, I thought that was good. I thought the defense, you know, again, bend but don't break. I think Larravee called the, for the dagger with that uh, interception return in the third quarter, and I went way too early, and they made a game of it at the end. You know, it came down to an onside kick where Darnell Savage got absolutely rocked, even though he wasn't the guy to get the ball. Um, but no, I was I was impressed with them yesterday. I thought that was a game that they really needed to have at the end of this good run of good teams towards the bye week, and now they're gonna have a couple of weeks to try and get healthy, and then and then they play the Bears. So this is this is an opportunity, I think, over the next couple of weeks to get a couple of guys back. You you had texted me about Bakhtiari, um, and he had had his knee scoped because he had he had practiced for I think. I think, what did I read, like 11 times, then all of a sudden he missed three straight, and everybody's going, setback? What are we doing? Why aren't you guys talking about it? And they, they didn't say anything, but then it came out that he had his knee scoped just to kind of clean some things up, and he said he felt great. But there's no reason to rush him back off an ACL. So I would imagine that he's either going to be playing or starting in a couple of weeks against the Bears, and they really need him to since Elton Jenkins just – you know, Torres ACL, so he's going to be out. So they need offensive line help. Zadarius Smith could come back as well. Not sure about Jairi Alexander, but there's a chance in the back half of the season now for this team to get absolutely fully healthy outside of Jenkins' season-ending injury, and I think that's pretty damn good, um, especially for where they sit right now, and they have a very heavy home schedule in in, in the last few weeks. So I think, the, you know, they're one game behind the Cardinals and they hold the tiebreaker. So um, I'm actually feeling pretty good about this team, shockingly enough. Yeah, um, I think they're the best team in the NFC, and I think they're going to. Uh, here's what. Before I get there, we're gonna do. We're gonna start something a little new here on the podcast. I knew I had to pick and, up the pen, and and I've been a little. I've been inspired by uh, Inside the NBA with with uh, Ernie, Kenny, Shaq, and Chuck, and. Barkley makes all these proclamations and all these guarantees, and for years they that nobody was keeping track of anything. But the last couple of years they've started writing them down. So anytime we make proclamations on here, I I think we got to write them down because I can barely remember like my preseason NFL picks, and that was only two months ago. We've got like 150 podcasts worth of stuff that I am not going through <laughs> to try to remember what we've said. So from here on out, okay, we've got a notepad. We're gonna write it down. Write down the date. Yep. Write down who said it. Yep. And then you know we'll kind of hold our hold our own feet to the fire. Maybe we come up with we have to do something if okay. we're wrong on something, but sure. we can address that at a later date. But my prediction today: Packers win out. They go fourteen and three. Their schedule is not good down the stretch here, and they've got a couple advantages that I think are going to work in their favor. Okay. Um, do you have a sub prediction? Yeah, they're going to win the uh, NFC. They're going. They're going to. They're go to the going Super to the Super Bowl. Yeah, win NFC. Yep. Okay. Yep. This doesn't mean I'm abandoning the Rams because they were my my pick oh. earlier in the year, and and it's not even so much about the Rams yesterday. Um, I just think you watch these teams and you watch these games and take out the little Mason Crosby hiccup. The Packers don't make mistakes. Like, I'm watching the the Raven game last night against Cleveland. And in the last two and a half minutes of the first half, they threw, I think there were 
four turnovers in six plays, and three of them were Lamar Jackson interception. Oh, there were five turnovers in, in six plays because you had Jarvis Landry fumbled, Baker Mayfield fumbled, and Lamar Jackson threw three interceptions. The Packers just don't do that stuff. And the Ravens are the top team in the AFC right now in the standings. So it's not like they're a bad team. Lamar Jackson's probably an MVP front runner. But Aaron Rodgers never throws three interceptions in a game. He might throw a bad one. He might have some weird stuff happen where he throws a bad one and then another one gets tipped and he has two. Aaron Rodgers never has three. The Packers never fumble and lose the fumble multiple times in a game. They might fumble once like Cobb did. Special teams. They don't do it four times like some of these other teams do. And, you know, even yesterday, Matthew Stafford, like, dude's 8-48 and 48 against winning teams in his career. Like, it's almost like he's got PTSD. And he gets in a big game like that in a, in a place like Lambeau where he has to just have horrific memories. What, did he win there maybe once? Detroit, yeah. He when they I watched that yesterday. I'm like that team ain't beating the Packers in Lambeau in January. No way, no way, not a chance. <laughs> the only chance the Rams have to go to the Super Bowl is if the Cowboys come in and upset the Packers in the divisional round or something. Otherwise, the Rams aren't beating the Packers. Tampa could go in and beat the Packers because we saw that. Yes, but the Rams, I eh, I don't think so. I, I so much of that stuff comes down to matchups, and I just think that. And, it's, and I think the Robert Woods, I heard somebody talking about this this morning. I think Robert Woods being out is a big loss for the Rams because he was kind of their their Swiss Army knife receiver. They ran reverses with him, and they'd hand it off to him and stuff. Yeah, they got Beckham. Beckham's kind of a one-trick pony to me. He's just a big He's a big play guy. Um, he had half a dozen catches yesterday. Yeah, but, eh. yeah whatever. He didn't really impact he the was game. motivated to play Green Bay because they lowballed him or something. Um, well, I have a question about special teams because Packers special teams has been notoriously bad. They've changed coordinators a few times. What is a coordinator held responsible for? And what is a coordinator not held responsible for? Well, it's not held. I don't think you can hold him responsible for, for catching the ball. That's what I mean. Can we find somebody who can do that on the regular? Because right now they've tried Amari Rodgers. He looked like it was completely foreign to him. They haven't gotten anything on their punt returns or kickoff returns. They've had guys drop the ball. They've had guys misplay those plays and cost him field position. Like I read a tweet yesterday, just rush 11, you know, just rush nine and have your two blockers. Just go after the ball. Let the ball bounce. Let it go. Just let it go. And that's where you start. Because right now, when you're trying to do things, you're fucking it up. Don't even bother. I mean, I, I get that's unrealistic, but that's kind of what it feels like. Because every time they try to do something, some sooner or later it goes bad. So if you have these new coordinators and things keep going wrong, whether it's guys dropping the ball or just making miscues or bad blocks in the back or holding or whatever it is, I mean, when your special teams aren't ranked very high, how how much should the coordinator be held responsible? Well, I mean, it's hard to be good at everything. 
You know, I, I, I mean, there, there's no perfect team. But you've kept trying to fix this, yeah, but, and it's still broken. Well, but maybe it's personnel related. Maybe the maybe the guys that are on your on your special teams are guys that you you place more value into them being on. You know, you want them to be an, an inside linebacker more than you're worried about them on your special teams. For sure, you know what I'm saying. They're they're just filling. So maybe those guys aren't exactly the kind of special teams guys you want. I don't know, but. I mean, it's not just unique to the Packers. It's every team. I mean, there was a punt in that game that uh, Cooper Cup could have caught it on, like, the 20 on a bounce, and he, he doesn't went, get it, and he moves out of the way, and it rolls down to the two. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not the special team coach's fault. Cooper Cup, catch the ball. It Pick shouldn't the ball be. Up. And, and you know he's a – I mean, he's clearly an accomplished player. Right. So what – I mean, how do you just keep making those mental mistakes? I think it's just hard. I, I – I, I can only imagine what it's like to be a guy back there trying to catch this moonshot punt well, while you've got ten other dudes yelling at running you. like missiles to blow your head off. I, you know, yeah. But the my my problem with it is like, if you're on special teams and you push a guy in the back, I think you should be cut immediately in front of the entire stadium because <laughs> he's like these six string corners that screw up these plays because they're shoving a guy blatantly in the back. It's like, have you never played football before? Right. You, what are you doing? You know that's not allowed. Like, what? I Yeah, and and that's why I would be curious to see, like, film study. If uh, Maurice Drayton, I think he's this Packers special teams guy, they all come in and they watch special teams, they review, and they see this penalty, and then he goes, stop it. Yeah. What were you thinking at that particular time when you just did what you did? Oh, you can't call me out. I'm a man. You can't call me out like that in front of... That's, yeah, that's, I... that's the problem. You got to be able to call these guys out. Be like, dude, you're an idiot. An idiot does that. A fifth grader does that. Man. Not a professional. It's bad. It's like that guy in the Cowboys that punched that Raider guy in the face after the game, and now he's suspended for two games. It's like, bro, they have cameras everywhere. You can't do that. There's just so much emotion that takes over the brain. They can't figure this stuff. All right, I don't, we don't need to talk about the Packers anymore. They're on the bye week. We don't, we, we don't have to talk about them, well, about them for a couple I weeks. I do want to get to one thing. Okay. There's a couple underrated storylines with the Packers that never get talked about. And I think that I wish that they would, as not even obviously as a Packer fan, just as a football fan and a fan of sports. The Packers' offensive line and the way they do things and, the, and their ability to just constantly make up for these guys that are not playing. I bring this up all the time. It's unbelievable. It's it's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. Just plug and play. All the we'll time. We'll be fine. Rodgers goes to the – it was a couple of you weeks ago. all pros. Yeah. And bring them in with street free agents, and it doesn't matter. And, like, first or second year guys – and and the coach comes up. Who do you, what do you want to do at, at left tackle? So and so can't go, and he can't go. Uh, I think we should do this. Rogers goes, nah. Let's go with that other guy. And the coach is befuddled. Like, are you serious? Yeah, put him in. And he does great. Nobody could have predicted that, right? How do you know that that's going to work? That's unbelievable. You, you're you're you've repeatedly let guys go. Yes, T.J. Lang, uh, Corey Lindsley. Go on down the list. Don't matter. You just draft a new guy and stick him in there, and you're fine. Yes. You're fine. What's the dude that always got hurt? Oh. Bulaga. 
Brian Bulaga, Iowa. Yeah, didn't matter. No. Just replaced him. Yep. No big deal. Billy Turner's spot, I don't believe when he came in as a free agent, was at right tackle. He's been the Packers' right tackle for a while well, now. Right. How many positions did been... Jenkins play in the last two years? All of them. You know? So All it, of them. It's... it's it's not it, you. You might have talked about it, but it's not something you will ever hear on ESPN because it's boring. They talk about Rogers, but it's like, well, okay, but why is Rogers constantly upright and have six seconds to fucking throw? And no wonder nobody can cover Devontae Adams because you can't cover anybody for six seconds in the NFL. The other, and then the, two other things. I think you got to give a lot of credit to their D coordinator because the way that. Defense looked at the beginning of the year, and as we've talked about, the amount of guys they've lost on that defense to be where they're at now. And yeah, they gave up twenty-eight points or whatever to yeah. the Rams. Yeah, did they? I think they might have let up a little bit, honestly, well, after when they got that pick six. Playing against good teams, you give up points. You give up points. I think that he deserves a lot of credit. And then the last thing is, I mean, Matt Lafleur is like forty-five and eight. In three, in two and a half years, like it's fucking incredible. Like, I get he's got Rodgers. Yeah, he inherited a good situation. <laughs> sure, but but there's a lot of guys that would come in there and totally screw that up, especially when they install their own offense. Yeah. What they want to do, change things up. Here's what I like to do. You know, all that that could go bad. And if you want to give Gudenkins credit for putting the roster together, fine. But on Sunday. And, you know, in the preparations during the week and on Sunday, I mean, Lafleur is out coaching most of these people that they're going against. It's been pretty rare in the two and a half years where you've said, eh, he's been out. Maybe those two first two Niners games mm-hmm. when the Packers just got their ass got kicked. And, and they, yes. they, it didn't even look like they belonged on the field. Right. Other than that, I'm not sure you could say. He's been out coached. Coaching has not been the problem no. for this team. And, and I know he gets it has no been. credit. He gets no credit nationally for that. No, because it's all Rodgers. Makes his job easier. And, yeah, it does to a certain extent, but you got to put together a yeah, game plan what, that what, revolves around but, but, everybody but could, else. But what good football coach doesn't have a quarterback? That's the point, though. You know? Look at look at the Saints. Is Sean Payton dumber now that he's got Taysom Hill and, and, and Simeon than he was when he had Jameis and Breeze? No. He's just got shittier players. You know, I mean... Come on, give these guys credit where credits due. Stop always making it be about the same the same four guys in the league, in the in the same position in the quarterback. You know, I, it was nice to see Jonathan Taylor get a little MVP. Oh yeah! Before Frank Reich decided to throw twenty six consecutive passes and not use did the best watch, weapon on his team. Did you watch a lot of that I game. Did. And and even the announcer said, "I don't know why they're not running the ball with John." And then all of a sudden, Taylor cracks off two touchdowns. Like, oh. Yeah, now they're starting to go back to him a little Hello. bit. Kind of like when, well, you know, like, it's like somebody should have walked over and handed Frank Reich a milk carton and said, Jonathan Taylor's on this. Can you find him? <laughs> All right. Anything else with the Packers no, and the Bears? No. All right. That's, let's, the, that's the most effusive in praise you'll ever was, hear me from the Packers. I didn't uh, want to bring that up, but that was talk about the Packers, pretty so. extensive. And my picks are my picks are not, there's no Schadenfreude in, in them. I mean, I, I, do not see them losing a game the rest of the season. They got the Bears, the Vikings at home. They got the Lions. They got the Lions, and then they got Cleveland at home, and they are a shell of themselves. Everybody's Bal- hurt. And I think Baltimore. And they're at Baltimore, and that game don't scare me. I mean, at worst, they lose one game. 
I don't see them losing twice to Minnesota. No. No, I so, don't either. All right, um, let's run through the Week 12 results. The Thanksgiving game between the Raiders and the Cowboys was absolutely shit, atrocious. Shit show. Atrocious. Flag, flag fest. Central. And I watched it with my brother-in-law, the Cowboys fan, who was losing his mind every time the Cowboys secondary got flagged for interference, which was very often. And then looking for a flag on the other side when it really needed to happen didn't come. So an interesting little discussion had came up after that game, and I I heard a couple announcers bring it up on Sunday as well. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of the what happened in the NBA with them changing that rule where you can't you can't jump into guys, right. you know, like what Harden and Trey Young were doing and all that Freeze stuff. Freeze and initiate contact. Yeah, and basically like what they would call a non-basketball move. This this thing that happens in football now with the underthrow and the defense the defense the defensive back has no idea that the quarterback has underthrown it by 6 yards and the wide receiver basically just stops and gets ran into and yep. it's a it's a flag. I wonder if that's something that'll come up where they try to legislate. I it'd be tough to do to to legislate it out cuz it's really a judgment the official down the field will have to make a judgment on whether or not it was an intentional or unintentional underthrow, and that might get hairy. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. But, but this, it, you know, where it's just basically like it's third and 13. Favre was famous for this. I'm just going to fucking heave it, and I'm going to tell my receiver to just bang, bang, bang with the D-back and hope we get a call. That's kind of a crappy way. Like, that was a crappy way for that game to end on Thursday. Very. But – you see that call a lot, and it always goes in the offense's favor. I just wonder if that's something that'll get looked at. And and can you feasibly even, I don't know, referee that play? I mean, that's a tough one. It's a tough one because as a defensive back, they tell you to play the man, and then once the receiver starts to go that he's going for the ball, that's when you turn your head and you look for the ball to make a play on it. Well, now, like you said, if you're strategizing to the point where you're just going to tell some dude to go run a fly pattern and the D-back's never going to turn his head because you're going to purposely underthrow the receiver and, that and then guy just stop. And he stops and he gets run and over. And the dude just plows over him because he's running with you and he doesn't know where the hell the ball is. Right. That could come into play as something that would be a good strategy. Cause, yeah, because that, that was the Trey Young move where he would get – he would beat you and get ahead of you and then stop. And then you would, and then you just because you're everything you do defensively is a reaction. You, you have no time. If, if you know you're stopping and I don't know you're stopping, well, what's going to happen? I'm going to run India. It's pretty easy. Well, they always put, find some sort of a point of emphasis every off season. This year, it's been the taunting. I just don't know if I want to give a 62-year-old part-time referee slash history teacher another thing to worry about. I don't know. You need you need to you need to whittle down. You, need, you can't go yeah. the other way. You can't yeah. give them more. You need to give them that, less. That, that NFL rule book is the same size as the U.S. tax code, and it should be like the size <laughs> of like I don't know. A, a Sports Illustrated magazine. magazine. Like, it shouldn't be that thick. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch any of the last Thursday game, but Buffalo just trounced New Orleans. Yeah, but I didn't. I was, I, I was in a turkey coma. New Orleans is pretty much done, right? Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, 
I I would think so. I mean, they I got can't... they got a pretty tough one this week. Um but uh yeah, on Thursday night this week they got Dallas. Yeah, so yeah, 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 you lose that one, you're 5 and 7 and you're I you're in trouble. You're, I think you're pretty much done. Um, Cincinnati beat the shit out of Pittsburgh, and I was listening to the PTI guys before I came over, and Wilbon said, in in this respect, it's kind of the, this could be a little changing of the guard in that division, where the Bengals are starting to really assert themselves and be one of the more dominant teams there. I don't it's, know. it's very possible. I mean, it's hard to um, kind of imagine Pittsburgh not being very good for a couple of years, but... Um, I think we're what are they? I think they're five five and one. We're about to see the last month and a half of Roethlisberger's career, um, and then they're going to have to make some decisions on what they do. I mean, obviously they're going to go for it here and try to make the playoffs still, but you know their best bet is going to be probably trying to draft a quarterback mm-hmm. in the top five or six here in the next couple of years. So I don't know, um, Cincinnati. Is good sometimes. That's kind of my opinion of them. <laughs> you know, like we've seen this before, where they beat right. the hell out of Baltimore and then turn around and Shit the lose to the Jets yep. and somebody else. It was terrible. So, Buccaneers win a shootout with the Colts. Uh, Indy made it a game. Too many turnovers. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what Fournette had four touchdowns. I thought he had five. Was it five? Yeah, Brady didn't throw a touchdown pass. I mean, that's. Kind of crazy. You watching thirty eight points. And watching you don't score on. the Colts players try to tackle Rob Gronkowski at times was hysterical because they couldn't bring him down. It, it would they be like couldn't. it would be like if you ran into a daycare and let all the kids jump on you and try to tackle you. That's what it looks like. It looks like a bunch of five year olds trying to tackle like hanging on somebody's limbs. dad. That's right. <laughs> uh, didn't watch a lick of Miami and Carolina. I just know Cam got benched, so well, I think that experiment is yeah. pretty much done. Yep, that shine wore off after that first rushing touchdown. I think Patriots with uh, a good win over the Titans, but I'm not sure that they have much life left in them either anymore. Titans, yeah, yeah, they're pretty banged up. I mean, they ran for like 200 yards, but um, they just couldn't score. And Patriots are hot, man. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. I mean, I, you know, Mac Jones is is fine. I don't think he's great. But uh, he's certainly good enough to keep winning these regular season games. Giants pull an upset at home. They beat Philly. Thank God I didn't see any of this game. 13-7. to Jesus. Nope. Um, Falcons beat the Jaguars. Everybody beats Jacksonville. I don't know that there's much to talk about there. Well, Atlanta had scored three total points the prior two weeks. So seeing Jacksonville must have just made them feel great because they got all the way to 20. It's a nice remedy. (laughs) Uh, the Jets and the Texans. There's another one that uh, I, I'm fine not watching. Yeah. Um, no comment Jets there. have won three games now this year. I don't think I would have figured that they would have won that many. No. No, it's a little surprising. One or two maybe. Um, and then uh, probably the most shocking game of the weekend, I would say, would be the Broncos and the Chargers. What is going on with the Chargers? It's hard to explain. I mean, they're really a Jekyll and Hyde team. I mean... Last week, they were phenomenal against Pittsburgh on Sunday night. They put up over 40, and then they go to Denver, and they are just they just can't do anything. They just – a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. That's kind of been M.O. with the Chargers over the years. They just seem to be a team that shoots themselves in the foot. Um, I think they thought a new coach would change that, but 
seems to kind of, you know, for whatever reason, they're just not able to get up week in and week out for some of these games. Seems like they play the good teams really well. Right. It's these middle-of-the-road and crappy teams that they seem to struggle with. The Vikings were leading for quite a while against the 49ers. They had two touchdowns from Cousins to Thielen, but he threw a pick. They had a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, um, but they ultimately lose to the Niners out in Santa Clara. And Dalvin Cook got hurt. He was having an MRI today. I didn't read anything else yeah, about how that turned possible out. IR, dislocated shoulder. Um, I don't know how injured Debo Samuel is. Holy shit, is that guy good. He was unbelievable in that game yesterday. I mean, catching balls, running out of the backfield, scoring touchdowns. I mean, that guy is fun to watch. That's that's one of the more exciting players I've seen in the league in a while. We talked about all the turnovers that happened in the Ravens and the Browns game. Yeah, oh. somebody had to win, and it, it, uh. it was Baltimore. It was ugly, 16-10, to 10, but... Yeah, Cleveland is just, they, they lost another lineman today for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield's playing with one arm. Chubb and, I mean, they got Chubb and Hunt. They can't run the ball very well, or at least they couldn't yesterday. Um, yeah, they're a mess. They're in, they're in trouble. And Russell Wilson is celebrating his 33rd birthday tonight by playing the Washington football team on Monday Night Football. Could this be a future Russell Wilson destination? Was he one of the teams that he was? Was this one of the teams that he listed in the offseason about I don't where he wanted to go? That I don't remember, but um, I can't imagine. I think I think we're party. seeing the last couple games of of Wilson in Seattle. I think that I think that relationship is yeah. You that's another one to write down. I <laughs> I think he's going to be. Somewhere You're going to have else. all these predictions. Could be, you know. Maybe the Giants. I mean, you got to think about it, and I, I can't remember who was talking about this the other day, but um, got to remember who he's married to, man. Yes. I think it was Cowherd. You know, Sierra is a pretty famous singer in her own right, and I'm, you know, living in Seattle is fine, but it isn't living in L.A. or New York or one of these huge markets, and I don't know if the Giants are ready to cut bait with Danny Jones, but I don't know. You can sip out Danny Jones in a top 10 draft pick. This year for Russell Wilson. But has Wilson been bad because he just hasn't been good, or is, has it been a product of the guys that are around him? Well, because I don't know, but I don't know he, that that matters. He's Russell Wilson. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if the Giants got Russell Wilson, they own they now own New York for a while, and you own New York football for sure. Well, that's great, but does it translate well, to but, any success? Well, I'm sure. He, well, he's better than Danny Jones for sure. But so, does it automatically automatically make not. you a playoff team? Uh, I would think in that division, you're in the mix with the Cowboys. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so then, week thirteen. Even though we still haven't completed week twelve yet, we'll start on Thursday. Um, we'll just run through these. We're getting late here on the NFL stuff. We got a lot to cover. Uh, Dallas and New Orleans. You already kind of mentioned this one. Yep. I'm. I, I don't know how the Cowboys. Boy, they got should, should lose. Well, this. they need a bounce back game. They've had a couple duds in a row here. Uh, Buccaneers at the Falcons. That should be a. I would think a walkover for for Tampa playing in the dome. But the last time these two teams played, it was a shootout. So who knows? Uh, the Bears are hosting the Cardinals. Good luck. Is this a cold weather problem for Arizona? Is that is that the only way that this could be a game? Yeah, I think it's. I think it could be a twenty three to thirteen kind of game. But I think oh. the Cardinals will win. Okay. Yeah. Chargers at the Bengals. 
I mean, kind of put up or shut up for the Chargers. Oh, really for the Bengals too. I mean, you know, you just came off a nice home win. What do you, what do you do now? Chance to get to seven fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vikings and the Lions. I this should be another five hundred game, but Yikes. it seems like Minnesota can never string anything together. Like they just drop dropped under five hundred. They win this one. They'll be back to five hundred. I don't know how you can make the playoffs at this rate. You can't lose to the Lions though, can you? Oh, no, 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 not at all. But I'm just saying, how yeah. do you how you need to you need to kind of make progress. You take one step forward and two steps back if you're Minnesota. I mean, yeah. You know, it seems like they're way better than I don't a five know, man. And six record. Eight and nine may get in in the NFC. So, Giants and the Dolphins. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Eagles and yep. the Jets. Yep, they're playing. <laughs> yep those those two games are going to happen. Colts should get over five hundred because they got to go to Houston and play the Texans. Yeah, and I remember hearing early in the year that. Once you got to about Thanksgiving is when their schedule started to really lighten up for them. So, you know, they potentially could make a run here, especially with Tennessee kind of on the downtrend. So that'll be something to watch. Uh, Washington, we still don't know about the game tonight as we record this, but then they got to go to Vegas. I I just don't know who the Raiders are, man. Week to week, they are just who knows. Rams need a get-right game, and they should get it against Jacksonville, I would think, especially a hosting if the NFL believed in load management, this would be a game I'd sit Trevor Lawrence. Because I think Aaron Donald and, and the boy, and Von Miller and the boys are going to be a little upset and out for blood next week. Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, normally any other year, this I think would be one of the marquee games. I just don't see a whole lot of luster or shine on this Yeah, one. I think the season's on the line for Pittsburgh here. I, I, I don't think if you lose this game, you're um, – you're in trouble. You're going to be probably two games out of the playoffs, and I'm just not sure this team's going to have enough to go on any kind of run late. Because you got to, you're going to play so many division games. You know, it's it's a, that's a tough division. Seahawks and the 49ers usually always have good battles, and every time you think the edge goes to one team, the other team wins. I feel like that happens. Well, 49ers are hot, but yeah, you're right. I mean, in Seattle, right. That's that's a that's a pick'em. I think you'll be able to tell a lot tonight on what team shows up to Washington. Yeah, I agree. And whether they limp back to Seattle, or they come in with a little more confidence. Yeah, because if they lose tonight, they're done. They're, right. They'd be three and eight, and it's all she wrote. Uh, Broncos and the Chiefs. This is an interesting one for Sunday night because mm-hmm. Denver can really start to get a little momentum, and KC. I mean. Seven and four, but you just have expected more out of them this year. Well, it's weird. Denver's got a really good defense, and they traded Von Miller, which is kind of crazy. Kind of Ewing theory a little so bit. So maybe they knew something that everybody else didn't know. Fangio, obviously, great D coordinator, so you expect Denver to have a strong D. But I don't know, man. Did the Chiefs, have they found their mojo again, maybe? Seemed like it the last couple of weeks. You know, I mean, if 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 they suddenly start feeling good and all of a sudden they beat Denver you know, 38-13, I think everybody's going to stand up and take notice of that. And then Monday night actually looks pretty good with the Patriots yeah. and, and, the, and, and the Bills. And this, this would be one of those for Buffalo where, like, you need to take back the division. Like, we came in assuming it was going to be all Bills, and the Patriots have done pretty well, and Buffalo has really underachieved. Yeah, it's an opportunity for the Patriots to really put their foot on the, uh, on the Bills here in that mm-hmm. division and get a two. You'd be, you'd be up. Two games. I think they still play one more time. Um, but, yeah, and 
One of the rare Monday night football games that I may be interested in watching. <laughs> Not going to be footballed out after that. Uh, and on the bye, the Packers, the Browns, uh, the Titans, and the Panthers, all those teams have uh, one thing in common, and they are very, very banged up. So probably the bye would do, do them some good. All right, playoff picture. Go. All right, AFC division leaders. Baltimore eight and three, New England eight and four, Tennessee eight and four, Kansas City seven and four. Uh, wild cards: Cincinnati seven and four, Buffalo seven and four, Chargers six and five. So, Raiders and Broncos both at six and five. Chargers have the tiebreaker, better division record right now, but they're all six and five. Indian Cleveland both sit six and six, Pittsburgh five five and one. So that's what I'm saying. If you know Steelers lose this week. There's just so many teams you got to jump at that point. It's hard to catch up. When is the last bye week? Is it this Maybe. week or the next? It's I think at least one more. It's got to be getting close. Yeah. Well, imagine those teams have to go all this way. I know for a bye week. That's well, I'll imagine the teams that had one in like week three. <laughs> right. Said so you got to play the rest of the way out. Okay. Uh, NFC uh, division leaders: Arizona nine and two, Packers nine and three, Tampa eight and three, Dallas seven and four. Your wild card: Rams seven and four, and that's kind of where the NFC ends for me. But uh, Niners are six and five, Minnesota five and six, Atlanta and <laughs> New Orleans are tied at five and six as well. Minnesota owns the tiebreaker. Philly and Carolina five and seven. Man. So yeah, you get past the five seed in the NFC, it's pretty it's pretty bleak. Pretty bleak. Unless San Francisco goes on a run and they very well could. They could. They could. Towards the end. All right. So that is the upcoming week thirteen in the NFL. That's forty five minutes of pro football talk as we switch to the college ranks and the embarrassing loss by Wisconsin. I'm okay. I'm, I'm yeah. holding let, up. Let, let me ask you this before you go. <laughs> Is this the worst loss of the Christ tenure? And where do you put this as worst losses in program history, in program history basically being since 93? Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I I don't have the memory for this stuff. This would be a question for Michael. Um, And he could probably come up with a couple of worse ones. Um, It's bad on a couple of levels only because the Gophers were banged up um, I'm pretty sure they have a losing record. I don't. I'm not sure they're making a bowl. No, they have game. the same record now. Oh, they're they're both same, they have the same record. Yeah, they didn't have a shot at the com at the division title, the 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 West division. Their quarterback is terrible. They lost their top four running backs. Top four running backs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, you thought Wisconsin had running back problems in its room. You're got you're down to Groshik's roommate. And you, At this point, being your starting running back. And your starter was, an, was a potential All-American for Minnesota. And he got lost very early. Yeah. And, and then they just started losing dominoes down the line. Um, it's a rivalry game. That's also awful. It's bad because the Badgers had a chance. Say what you want about their chances against Michigan, which... You know, you I actually think you terrible. You, you thought it was, it was actually okay. Better than Ohio State. In the Big Ten title game. Um... You know, and, and and we were kind of keeping an eye on that during during our game. I thought if it was going to be Ohio State, they would have got they would have got. I think they would have gotten that they would have lost either way. But it's definitely the most pissed off out of all the losses this year that I've been. Penn State, I can understand. It's generally a good program. It's at home. It's the first game of the season. 
it's frustrating, but I get it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, fine. You know, you crap your pants. You know that kind of thing. Okay, fine. I this was one where I thought was inexcusable. I I mean, I really do. Um, The running game not getting going. I don't understand. The offensive line has had problems kind of all season, and I said it this morning. The game plan that Chris puts together in some of the plays, there's no ingenuity, there's no creativity, and he took those play-calling duties back from Joe Rudolph. And it's great when you're beating the snot out of Illinois and Northwestern, and we didn't know if Purdue was any good, but that was a good win at the time. But it, it didn't turn out to be anything special. It's great when you're beating up on those guys in eastern Michigan. You need to play well against teams like Minnesota. You need to stomp on their necks and come up with something and really, really put the put the hammer down. They didn't do that. Um, Christ was wide of his receivers by 10 yards. Mertz. Or Mertz, I'm sorry. Um, was way wide of his receivers. Like it, it, it was very difficult for me to believe that he wasn't on the same page with his receivers the entire time. It's more easy for for me to believe that he was just erratic and that he was either getting pressured, made a bad decision, and just came up with an errant throw. I, I just I don't understand what happened. The Badgers defense has now gotten torched twice in two weeks by a quarterback who's not very good in Tanner Morgan. Again, a running back who's the fifth and sixth string guy who probably didn't even expect to see the field. Um but they found they found holes in the Badgers defense. I don't know how. Keanu Benton played awesome up front, and I'm not just saying that because we went to the same high school. Came up with two sacks late. Um, they mentioned his name a couple of times, even when he wasn't in on the plays. But this was this was very very bad for for the program um, to 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 give up the axe up there. And PJ Flack, I'm you know his shtick is it's a shtick. And I'm sure if he's your coach, you love it because he gets you pumped up for for games and 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 can get you some victories or whatever. The crowd was into it, but I don't know, man. I I just thought they got outplayed, they got outcoached, and it was it was just embarrassing. It was just bad. I I don't know what what else you want to add to that. Well. The PJ Fleck thing being a shtick. Well, college football is a shtick. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's but there are plenty of coaches that that are not known for acting a certain sure. way. Sure, he is. There's one... a lot that are though in college football, but he's one of the top. Yep, yep. He, he's one of the top. Um, I think that they have to make offensive coaching changes. Hundred percent, they have to. If if you know, but if you're in charge of the program. How do you give that up when you just took it back? Because yeah. clearly you weren't happy with the job your other guy was doing. Well, somebody said to me at work today that the game changed when Jalen uh, or uh, Braylon Edwards mm-hmm. rolled his ankle. Bra- Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen yeah. rolled his ankle. And my response was, but see, that's your problem. You're telling me the game changed and you're off installed because you're 17-year-old running back who's in his sixth game as a starter? Rolled his ankle. That cost you the game. And you know how how deep he was on the depth chart? Right. He wasn't even supposed to see the field this right. year. If that is your excuse for losing, then you got you got bigger, bigger problems. problems. 
No, if you're hitching your wagons to that guy. Well, and it's nothing against him. No. He's a 17-year-old freshman. He's that good. It, sh- it shouldn't be relied upon that much. He's got a promising career. Yeah. You need your sophomore quarterback who has had a lot of game experience, your receivers who in their fifth and sixth seasons, and your tight end who is supposed to be. You need to come up with some well, plays, and that guy needs to hit them. I think, I think in hindsight, that should have been a red flag. If a wide receiver in college is coming back for his fifth or his sixth year, he's no good. He's no good. Because if he was any good, he wouldn't be playing college football anymore. He's no good. What is that? The Badger receivers stink. It's the best he got. Well, that's fine, but they're still no good. Badger receivers stink. Their tight end is solid, if unspectacular. They've got a 17-year-old running back, and they've got a quarterback who, who has got... Massive confidence issues. Massive. I think the worst thing that could have happened to that kid was having to play Jack Cohen in Notre Dame in that second second game this year. I think that murdered his season. He sucked. Cohen wasn't that good either, but he was better than Mertz. They sucked. They were on national TV, and they got their ass kicked. And I don't think that he was ever the same. Um, I think Paul Chris' future is interesting. I'm not sure the Badgers, as long as Barry Alvarez is involved, and by involved I mean around and writing checks. And ready to pick up the phone. And ready to pick up a phone. I'm not sure Paul Christ is going anywhere. No. Now, if he were to go somewhere, though, are the Badgers going to still be stuck in this, I guess for lack of a better word, cronyism. You know, you had Bo, he quits, you got to hire his buddy, even though they didn't really want to hire him. And then, yeah, okay, Bielema and Gary Anderson, fine, but we really wanted Chris, and now that we can get Chris, we're going to bring him back because he's our buddy and he's been here before. Jim Leonard, same kind of thing. Or... Is, is do they go out and try to get somebody different, even though that really didn't work when you had Gary Anderson? I don't know, man. Like, I think that the Badgers are much, much, much closer to being Minnesota and Iowa than they are to being Ohio State. Oh, I just think that that's absolutely a very, very, and I don't even think that's a derogatory thing to say. I don't. The diehard Badger football fan thinks you're a fucking idiot for saying that. They believe they should be a top-tier program nationally. I'm just not sure that's who this team is. I think that you can have the every five to seven years, like in Iowa, you go 10-2 and and you win the Big Ten West and maybe Ohio State's undefeated and you play them in the Big Ten title game and they beat you and they're in the national playoff and you get to still go to the Rose Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like... That's who I think the Badgers truly are. But isn't the point of this entire thing, especially with Wisconsin seeing the levels that they've jumped in the last you know couple of decades with Alvarez uh, at the helm and then Bielema and now with Christ, isn't the point to get to that level? Or are you saying that it's unattainable because of who you are and the way you run yeah, your program? Yeah, I don't program? think it's attainable. 
and the division that you're in. I don't think it's attainable. So you can't get there. So you have to Not, hope for that every I, couple of years. I don't. And, I don't think you can. You can predict. You're. You're not Georgia. You're not uh, USC. You're not Ohio State. You're not Alabama. You're not going to consistently year in and year out have that top tier talent where you can just constantly reload because that's what those teams do. At the end of the day, the Badgers can have a great team. But when those kids move on, they don't have the constant stream and influx of talent that the other teams do. That's why you see these these dips. They go eleven and one, then they're nine and three, then they're seven and five, then they're nine and three again, then they're ten and four. They they never bottom out. But there's a glass ceiling. But they're not going undefeated. So they're they're trying to get there yeah. and, the, and and they will never punch through. I don't think so, man. I just don't see it. We don't have that natural recruiting base that we're going to get the it's it all boils down really as great as the Badger line is it's it's the skill positions that that end up killing them it's the it's the small defensive backs when you play an SEC team and they have these monster receivers it's the lack of being able to go downfield with a quarterback to wide receiver combination that's why they're not in the upper echelon that's just what it is. I just can't, I don't think Ohio State's linemen are any better than the Badgers. I just can't get myself to that level of acceptance. Not that I'm disagreeing with the fact that you and maybe you can't get there. I'm not saying that you can, but I'm not willing to accept that and have the team basically have a year where there's a lot of things coming back. We got to take that next step and maybe we compete with an Ohio State or a Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, if we get to Indianapolis. And then maybe we do run the table or have one loss and sneak into the college football playoff. I'm not willing to say that that's never going to happen on a consistent basis. Mm. I'm just, I just can't. And that doesn't mean that I suffer from any uh, illusions of the fact that, like you said, comparing Wisconsin to those bigger programs, I'm not saying they're going to be like that, but I just, it's hard for me to imagine that you can't keep taking steps forward to try to get to that level and someday get there. To me, it's just you can trace it back to the players that don't develop and the coaches that they hire that can't get them there. You need to go get them somehow or some way. Yeah, but how, though, man? You need to find somebody that hasn't been tapped. If you want to give the team, like you were going back to the cronyism, I, I think, let's just say that this happens. Not making a prediction, it's not worth writing down. I think now that McIntosh is in charge, and yes, he is a student of Barry Alvarez, I'm not willing to say that things are going to go exactly like that, and I'm not willing to say that if the program gets handed off to Jim Leonard, that it's going to be just the same old shtick that we've seen in Madison for the last couple of decades. I think there's a chance that it could go differently, and I think there's a chance that it could go better. I'm not saying he's the right choice, but I don't see I don't see it as being a same old story if that happens. But what where where does the program get to where they fire Paul Crest? What's what's the threshold? Oh, they've got to they've got to have a couple of losing seasons. Yeah, that's uh, but that's that's what I'm saying. They're not going to be a bottom feeder. They've graduated above that. 
in the last 30 years. Okay, so then the bar's got to be set high so, enough. So six and five, let's say, is is the is the bar. How many years in a row do you have to pull six yeah. and five or seven and four? Two, you know? three? That, they're a, that, they're, let's be honest, they're a long way from that. They're a long way from that. In the eight wins they had, they weren't winning down-to-the-wire games. Also, they were kicking the shit out of these other bad teams. It also depends on the schedule. Like, like if they had to play... The Big Ten West stinks. If they, oh, right, but if you get your crossover games where you're not playing Purdue or not playing Indiana, and you have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State, I mean, you're looking at a potential 500 record if you can't beat Minnesota and Iowa. That's not acceptable. Well, okay, but it's rare that that's going to be the schedule. Well, I mean, you're that's a one in ten year possibility or what however the however the schedule the, the, the rotates. rotation works. But you're always know. but you're always gonna have an eastern Michigan and an army and a central Florida to beat up on. And then you're going to have three bad teams in your division that are just gonna be bad. So it's it, I don't know. I'm I wasn't happy that they lost and I'm not even you know, I don't even get that worked up about the Badger games. It was more of an eye roll, like really, you're gonna lose to these guys? You're gonna gag away an opportunity to play in the Big Ten title game by losing to this team? Um I don't know, but I, I it's it's a position that I have argued with people about with the Badger basketball team. And they point you, Well, we just made the final four two years ago. That was one class. That was one group of kids. Butler did the same thing. You're always going to be a tournament team, Bucky. But to think you're ever going to be Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, no, you're not. It's just not going to happen because we don't have the natural, and and I think it matters a lot more in football than it does in basketball. We just don't have that natural pool of talent around here to, to pick from. That's why we are going to Ohio. Look how many kids come out of Ohio that are like three-star guys that end up being great college players. They couldn't even get a sniff at Ohio State in in their own state. So, you know, Florida's the same way, and the Badgers have had success going down to Florida. We get the big, beefy guy and an occasional running back like Allen or Melvin Gordon. But for the most part, the skill guys are from out of state. So I would just like the Badgers to get there first. And then we can say, well, where do we go from here? To the to the bottom, you mean? No, to the top. Well, I just just get there, like Wisconsin basketball making the Final Four. I just want to get into the, the playoff. The only once. way they're getting into the playoff ever is if the playoff expands. That's it. They're never going to be the Big Ten representative because they're never going to be undefeated coming out of the Big Ten title game. The Badgers always find a way to screw that up. They just just and again. I'm not ripping. This is factual. Yeah, is. We've seen it. Oh, They've yeah. had a lot no, of opportunities no. over the years. There's a lot of history to prove They've that. They've crapped their pants yes, in a right. lot bigger games than this one. So I think you got to fix that first. Sure. Yeah, you take, can't start worrying about going undefeated before you actually go undefeated. Take care of the teams that you know you should beat before you can worry about going unbeaten. Can't fumble on the one-yard line, Dane, in Cincinnati. Right. You can't give up back-to-back weeks where you give up Hail Marys and lose to Michigan State and Ohio State, Bielema. You can't run out of timeouts in the Rose Bowl. Like, you can't do that stuff. Nick Saban don't do that. They Man. pull those games out like on Saturday right. in a four-overtime. That's right. They find a way to win. 
All right, well, uh, the Badgers' opponent would have been Michigan. They beat Ohio State. We didn't get a chance to watch that game, but we were getting text messages kind of keeping up with it. Um, shocking sh- score. Shocking to me. Shocking score. Yes. I, You know, Michigan winning, I don't know. I guess that's fine, but, but again, beat that's, their ass. That's one of those things where, to me, well, I'm never going to believe it until it actually happens. And now, well, okay, so it can happen. See, and I'm not a Michigan hater. I don't hate them. And I'm not a Harbaugh hater. So, like... I'm cool with Michigan. Michigan being good in football is what I grew up with. It kind of feels like it's right. Going you know what I mean? into the season, I didn't think Ohio State was as good as they have been in previous years. And then they won a few games, and they after they destroyed Michigan State, I was like, holy shit, maybe they are really good. Yeah. Now I'm kind of back to my original position where not really sure they were as They're good, mm-hmm. but not as good as I thought they, sh- they, they have been in previous seasons. I loved Harbaugh's shot at, at Ryan Board, Day. Uh, well, being third born base. on third base. That's so and good. like, yeah, dude, you just yeah. got handed this job because yeah. Urban Meyer couldn't hack it anymore. Right. I had to build this program back up, mm-hmm. you know, with my bare hands. Um, you mentioned Bama wins in four overtimes. I watched the end of that game. That was cool. Um, so now we got Iowa and Michigan for the Big Ten title. Oregon and Utah for the Pac-12 title. And Utah's, Utah just killed yes. them like two weeks ago. Yep. Um, Baylor and Oklahoma State for the Big 12 title. I watched a little bit of that Bedlam. Uh, which was which was kind of fun, the ending of uh, the Sooners and the Cowboys. And then Georgia and Bama for the SEC title. That's going to be an awesome game, I, I hope, anyway. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Alabama loses, how do they still find a way to get them put, in? To put them in. You I know, just you have kinda, this you, feeling that Cincinnati's going to get fucked over. Like, if, if Iowa somehow beat Michigan. Oh, my God. Or, Chaos. Or, yeah, or if Houston beats Cincinnati. I, I don't know. It's chaos. Uh, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest will play for the ACC title. Um, yeah. I, I, whatever conference there, I, I don't even know what's... Is that the American? Is that what it is? AAC? I don't even know. I don't even know. I can't keep track of anything anymore. Um, college football, coaching ripples, Lincoln Riley to USC. I loved how he said, I will not be the next coach at LSU. Well, he didn't lie. No, because... It's like Aaron Rodgers. Right. Eh. Well, I've I've had some. I didn't tell a lie. I didn't say I was going to coach here, but I didn't say I wasn't going there. College sports, man, is that 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 coaching carousel is some shady shit, man. Every one of them kids in Oklahoma, their their scholarship ought to immediately they ought to immediately all be free to do whatever they want. They've already had a decommit from a five star quarterback from California. Yeah, you know where he's going, of course. Yep, and they've already lost. I think. Four other commitments, I think, from their incoming class well, to Oklahoma. And the kid um, from Rattler. Oklahoma has already decided he's out of there. Yes. Well, he's he got he got outplayed yeah. by a freshman. He doesn't have any future on that no. team. No. And it's not like Lincoln Riley's probably saying, why don't you come with me? He's like, I don't want you don't need to come follow me. Go well, somewhere else. And then speaking of transfers, I see uh, Jalen Berger is Michigan going State. to be a Michigan State Spartan. Well, so their their director, the Badgers director of player personnel or whatever they call him, he's a Michigan State guy, and Mel Tucker is a former Wisconsin guy. Yeah. So yeah, um, Paul Chris can't pull a Bo Ryan and block the uh, inter conference transfer. Nope. So nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Oh, college man. All right. Uh, NBA stuff. You could kind of take the lead with the Bucks on this. I just know that they've won seven in a row. They beat the Pacers. 
uh, last night, and um, they've had a they've had a pretty successful run of things. Yeah, lately. don't don't look now. They're thirteen and eight, game and a half out of the one seed. Jesus. Didn't take long. It just took a week of going home and playing some shit teams to get your record where you want it to be. Swept their five game homestand. Yep. They've won seven in a row, beat the Lakers by seven, Oklahoma City by seven, Orlando by nine, then absolutely destroyed them on, what was that, Saturday night, I think? I think that's think? one I texted you. No, Monday you. night. That was last Monday. They was, were up 50 in like, the third quarter. Did I just see that right? And you're like, yeah. Then they take care of business against Detroit. With they them. haven't lost to the Pistons since 2018? It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go on the road and play a really banged up, uh, Denver team missing, I think, all three of their top guys, including Jokic. But that's a good win. It's a good win. It's a tough place to play regardless. And then they uh, beat up Indiana yesterday in Indianapolis. So um, playing well. Bobby Portis has been awesome as of late. He's he's really gotten things going offensively. Um, this week they got Charlotte at home Wednesday, at Toronto Thursday, and then home against the Heat Saturday. Um, you know, the Portis thing kind of got me thinking the other day when I was, or yesterday when I was watching the Bucks. like something that we, we, I think we take for granted as sports fans and we kind of forget when we're watching pros is like guys still get better when they get to the pros. Um, when Bobby Portis was on the Bulls, like he was a lazy, offensive minded, no effort defense questionable locker room guy. Where did he come from? He was he came from Arkansas. And I remember they were not they were just like, oh, the Bulls draft. Like, okay. Yeah. Well and actually the Bucks should have taken him in the draft. They took Rashad Vaughn like a pick earlier, which was an awful Jason Kidd pick. But Portis now you watch him and he's the complete opposite of all that. And it's because he got better. He's a better defensive player now. You watch him in rotations and he's stepping out and he's in the right spots and he's getting deflections and he's drawing charges. Like that just doesn't happen overnight. Like he's gotten better. He's improved his three point shot. You look at Connaughton when they signed Connaughton four years ago from Portland, he was like 11th guy, you know, a guy that was a really good athlete could maybe come in and give you six or eight minutes, a half, maybe knock down a three or something. He's now, Possible six man in the league. He was he hit 15 threes in the finals last year and was a huge reason they won the title. He's now a guy that you defensively can hold his own. And, you know, I I give a lot of credit to, obviously, those guys individually, but I get a lot of credit to the Bucks. I mean, you've seen Giannis's growth and how he's got better. That Middleton's was, growth and how he's got better. That was going to be my question for some of these guys who have been on previous teams, and I don't know what stop Milwaukee is for Portis in his career. He went, I think he went Bulls, Knicks, Bucks. Okay, how much of a difference does that make in his development when you get to play with certain teammates and also certain coaching staffs? You know, is I he think a lot man a better situation now for the last couple of seasons than he was anywhere else that he's been. Well, I think what happens with a lot of these guys in in the NBA, a lot of times if you're if you're not a star, sometimes your second team's actually the better fit for you because you have a little bit more say and control in where you end up, and you can kind of look at things. I mean, you know. Bobby Portis gets drafted by the Bulls, and you're kind of at the tail end of that Rose Noah Deng era, and you're 
and Jimmy Butler's still there and you're trying to fit in and you don't really know and you're coming off the bench and you've never done that before, that can be hard, you know, where he gets five or six years now under his belt and he understands who he is and where he can make his money and then he concentrates on these things and then you find a team that is looking for what you can bring like the Bucks were and it's a perfect marriage. Um, you know, same thing with Connaughton. I mean, if Connaughton goes to a team with a bunch of other guards that do what he does four years ago, he may not even get an opportunity. He may be like a Sam Decker, and you're out of the league at 26 because you just haven't been in the right spot, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's just it's kind of a fun thing to watch um, from a viewing perspective. Uh, the Bucks are signing DeMarcus Cousins to a non-guaranteed one-year deal. I saw that just a couple of minutes after Woj posted, and I, my, you were my first text, and I was like, mm-hmm. what? Well, he's been hurt a lot. Though, he's been hurt a he? lot. He tore his Achilles like three years ago, and because of he's just such a big man, it's really he's never really fully recovered. And, I mean, that's an injury that most guys don't fully recover from, with the exception of Durant. Um, but... It leads me to believe that Lopez is going to be out for a while still. Right. They're they're not going to rush him back. I was just going to say, if he's been missing all this time and now he's kind of on the brink, they wouldn't have gone to do this. Well, and Giannis has subtly made some comments that he's a little tired of playing the five. I, I, I remember a, it, hearing after a game he was frustrated because there's the a shit lot of banging out of you, man. around. Right? You get the shit beat out of you because you don't realize, like, you look at you, you go, oh, Brooke Lopez... You know, seven one two seventy. Giannis is six ten two forty five. That's not that big. Yeah, it's a big difference. When for thirty eight minutes a night, those bodies are slamming against each other, elbowing and stuff, it takes a toll. And you're asking Giannis to do pretty much everything else on your team. <laughs> He's kind of like, can you find me somebody else to do that part? That that that, that part kind of sucks. So, um. I'm fine with it as long as Cousins behaves. I mean, you can't be getting teased, man. You can't be you can't be chirp chirp chirping at the referee every time they call you for something that you don't like. That's not what the Bucks do. That's not their culture. They don't have guys like that, and I just don't think that will play well. I was just going to say this this is going to be one of those situations probably in the locker room where if it's Giannis's team, He's probably going to have to put the kibosh well, on that pretty damn quick. And and you would hope so, but and Cousins has been better the last couple of years with that. You know, when he was on Golden State and he had Durant and Curry and Draymond and Clay, they were able to keep him in check for the most part, but he wasn't squeaky clean. And when he played with his buddy John Wall in Houston, he wasn't squeaky clean. So it's still in there. It just can't be coming out. Because you're not a valuable enough guy for the Bucks to deal with that. And with it being a non-guaranteed contract, they don't like it, you're out the door. So we'll, okay. we'll see how it goes. Um, and then the last thing, Giannis just continues to be a national treasure. Um, his revelation of... of figuring out to dunk his Oreos in milk. And then blaming his girlfriend. Why didn't you tell me about you this? Know, just, just, it, it brought back memories of him the first time he had the smoothie. Just this childlike innocence of not knowing. And it's just, it, it, it's still just kind of a shock to the system 
for me sometimes. I remember the same thing when he tweeted about Funyuns. Yeah, it, it's still, like it's what? still it's a shock to the system for me still. Even after reading that book uh, about him that Marin Fader wrote, like the shit that he just never had. Not exposed to. Like he said, he goes, I knew what they were. When I was a rookie, I ate them. When you were But like when he was a kid in Greece, when he was 12, he didn't know what that shit was. That concept would have been like, you might as well have told him to build a rocket ship. Like he had no concept of Oreos and milk. Like what? But then his charitability again. The other night in Denver, there's a little boy holding up a sign. Says he wants to meet Giannis for his birthday. Giannis brings the kid and his brother over after the game. Autographed jersey, autographed shoes. Yesterday in Indianapolis, does the shoes. same thing to a little boy and his sister. Autographed jersey, autographed shoes. Saw the kid's face in a st- in a in a freeze frame. <laughs> and you know, look, Giannis is not stupid. He knows that this plays well. I'm sure, and I'm sure the people around him know it plays well. But he's been doing this stuff for a long time. I was just going to say, this isn't something that is just new for fan appreciation. And to be that big of a star and, and to still, still do, do stuff it. like that, it's it's pretty cool. So and good for the Bucks. Bucks PR guys for constantly putting that stuff out for the public to see. Absolutely. It does play it's well. It's part of marketability, yep. and that's that's why you have a team. They're not only good, but they have a guy who is a is a good player, but also a good person. Mm-hmm. And you don't come across that very often. No, and when the, the, the face of your league is as polarizing as maybe they've ever had in LeBron James... It's nice to have a guy like Giannis in the pocket for the NBA to kind of pull out and go, yeah, but we got this guy too, and he's pretty special. So, All right, what else is going on around the league? Well, Phoenix, who the Bucks beat in the finals, have won 16 in a row. Uh, they're 17-3 and three overall. They are on fire. They may be better than they were last year, honestly. Um, Golden State is still hot. They're 19-2. and two. That'll be a good West battle. It will. Very much so, and they're in. The, they're actually in the same division, oh. so that that's interesting. They got a lot of games. Um, Clay Thompson was just assigned to the G League today by the Warriors, so I'm thinking probably by Christmas we may be seeing him back. And you know, you're going to throw one of the top five shooters of all time, and you know, a perennial All Star back into the mix on a team that's 19 and two. That's kind of scary for the rest of the league right now. Golden State may be back. This Golden State renaissance may be similar to the New England renaissance where it's like a little too quick for me. Would have kind of liked you to suck for a few more years. A couple more years. You know? Yeah. No, but, for sure. Uh, and then LeBron punched a guy in the face in uh, Detroit and almost incited a riot. I've never seen anything like Isaiah Stewart's meltdown after getting hit in the face by LeBron. Where like once that dude tasted his blood, it was like, it was like a wild animal. It was he was he was running through. He looked like freaking Jerome Bettis, just plowing. People were bouncing off him. He's trying to get. It was unbelievable watching that unfold. Um, LeBron then gets suspended for a game. Isaiah Stewart gets suspended for two games. LeBron comes back and plays in his first game back in Indiana and promptly has two fans ejected from the game who allegedly were yelling that they hoped that his son died in a car crash. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, I mean, if that was what was said, 
Like, what are you doing? Why right. are you what, like? That's what you're using your front row mid court seats to do to yell that. And that is, and and I I'm not a white privilege believer in all that stuff. But that is where when people say white privilege and they point to you, you're like, yeah, but only a white idiot would go in thousand dollar seats and scream that at LeBron and expect to not have anything happen to him. But I also don't love the player being able to eject fans. No, to I don't like that he either. Basically, he he that's ushered where, the referee yeah. over and like these two need to go. That's where the people around in the section need to go get somebody. Right. I don't want the player to be. They doing shouldn't that have to dictate because that. that's also that's a pretty slippery slope here too. Like, what are we? You know, people he, people do pay a lot of money and would like to be able to say some things. Some things are like you can't. You know, family members dying is obviously line crossing. Banging your mom is line crossing. Saying you suck. Saying that you ain't as good as Jordan, perfectly, perfectly fine. So, I just hope the NBA is careful of how how much they allow a player to legislate that. All right, uh, to college hoops. Uh, nice job by the Badgers going to uh, Vegas to win the Maui Invitational and mm-hmm. some some good wins. I yeah. mean, Texas A and M with uh, with Buzz, they pulled the upset over Houston. And then St. Mary's had not lost yet, and they hand them their first loss. So, um, nice tournament. I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure they landed a couple of guys on the all-tournament team. I'm sure, yeah, probably um, Davis well. Davis and Wall. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, those guys both played very well. Yeah, I mean, they were getting their brains beat in by A&M. I think they were down 16-2 to two yeah, right to start, start that game. Yep. And then uh, they came back and win. Then the next day, they're beating the snot out of Houston. They jumped out to a big lead. I think they were up 20 at half. Yep. And then they, and gave, then they gave it all back. It back. Yep. And almost lost that game. And then the St. Mary game, I, I, that St. Mary's has got a bunch of Australians on that, on that team. That's where Delavidova and Patty Mills went to school. And they've always got these dudes that are, you know, they're probably closer to 25 than, <laughs> than 18. And uh, you knew that was going to be a really, really tough physical game for the Badgers, and I give them credit. They weathered the storm. Um, St. Mary's is typically a tournament team, so a um, couple nice wins for them. Nice to, you know, nice for Johnny Davis. He had a 30-point game. Um, that was kind of his coming out party, I felt like, in, yeah, that, I, in, in that tournament. I, I'm not sure he's that good in that kind of score, but he's a very good player, and he's a very good athlete. Um, and, you know, Tyler Wall... Uh, finally stepped up and and kind of gave them what they were hoping for, and I think you're going to see more of that from him. And you know, it's funny everybody talks about the Badgers and how young they are. They're not that young. Like Brad Davison's played 130 games. Yeah, but he's the oldest. Tyler Walls played 60 yes. games. They got that kid that transferred from Cincinnati. He's yep, a fifth vote. year. He's yep. played a lot of games. Um, Johnny Davis played and started most of yep. the games last year. So, yeah, they have young guards for sure. They have, ex- they have more experience yeah. than they have age. Yes, they may not have played together a lot, right. but they got a lot of guys that have played. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not super shocked um, that they won the tournament. But, look, I told somebody the other day, if you'd have told me at Thanksgiving that Marquette and Wisconsin were going to be a combined 11-2, and two, I would have been damn thrilled with that. And I think they may both have one loss going into their game this week on Saturday, which would be pretty cool. Badgers have uh, Georgia Tech on Wednesday, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and like you said, they uh, the two teams, Wisconsin and the Golden Eagles, meet on Saturday. The thing that, that I loved and nerded out about, about the Maui Invitational was at the end, and I don't know who did it, if it was the Badger Athletic Department and the social media people, somebody needs to get an A in a class or a raise or whatever happened when they – 
put the ending scene at Ocean's Eleven after they pulled off the crime and they were all in front of the fountain just kind of soaking it in, remembering what they had done and just kind of before they all go off in their different directions and they uh, put the heads on all the players of their stills and Guard is wearing the little hat, the fishing hat from the old guy Saul in Ocean's Mm -hmm. and the music is the same in the background and then they walk away. That flat out killed me. Yeah, it was so, good. Good, was good. Good job. Kudos to them. Um, and then Marquette had another good showing uh, in their tournament. They go down to the. I had never heard of the Charleston Classic before. Um, well, there's so many of these damn things. Oh, right. and they all changed their freaking names. But it's, it feels <laughs> it feels like the only ones that you consistently hear hear about year in and year out is the Battle for Atlantis and then the Maui. But I know there's a lot of others that exist. The Great Alaska Shootout was a big one when we were kids. I don't even remember oh, yeah. that. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh um, yeah, Marquette had a nice week. Um, beat Ole Miss, beat West Virginia, took the L to St. Bonaventure. They're a good team, pretty senior-laden veteran club out of the uh, A-10. I think Marquette just kind of ran out of gas that game. They shot the ball terribly, especially from three. Hey, man, you know, Two more power conference wins against an SEC and a Big 12 school. That looks nice on the resume. You know, they're not going undefeated. They're going to lose eventually. Right. And, you know, you lose to a, a pretty good team like that. That's no problem. Um, then uh, yesterday they beat Northern Illinois 80-66. to They have Jackson State tomorrow, and then they are at Bucky Saturday. So, yeah, I think uh, that's an 11.30 a.m. start time. Yeah, 11, I thought. Oh, is it? I think so. I better look because I'm in charge of... Yeah, because I'm not very happy that we're probably going to be in the fucking car going to some... We're going to be on the road. ...game that I don't want to watch, and and I'd rather be watching Marquette, Wisconsin. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that's always a good one. I look for the Badgers to win. I just think they're too big. Um, Usually that's kind of the... What tips the scales when the Badgers win, it's because they're too big, and when Marquette wins, it's because they got really dynamic playmakers. Yeah. so, yeah, I, th- I think the Badgers will get this one at home. All right, we will uh, close in on the 90-minute mark here. We'll wrap up with some baseball. Free agency has started. Uh, Manny Pena left for greener uh, pastures for the Brewers, so they need catching help, and they sign Pedro Severino. Yeah, played for the Orioles last year. I think he was like about a 250 hitter, 11 homers. You know, Manny Parra-ish, maybe a little bit better hitter, probably not as good a, uh, behind the plate. Um, but you know, he'll, he'll be backing up Narvaez right? and, uh, they needed somebody back there. They, they also signed today, another catcher, um, Brett Sullivan, I think, uh, out of Tampa's farm system. He's going to be their third catcher. I think they may still have Luke Maley in the system. Sounds so right. that that's kind of where you're looking at for that position. Um, yesterday, Avi Garcia, four yeah. years, fifty-four million with the Marlins. Brewers could have made him a qualifying offer, and I think I saw Hard Records tweet, but they didn't want to do it because they thought that that he'd accept it, and then they'd have to pay him a boatload of money. Yeah, so they just didn't do it, right? And they just let him. Leave. Well, I think they kind of last year was a pretty damn good year for him. I'm yeah. not sure he's going to replicate that, and you know, I think he's thirty now, and. Um, they didn't want to commit. They also lo- lose Eduardo Escobar to the mm-hmm. Mets. I think he, he was a rental. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they weren't going to pay him ten million a year to come back. Um, and then today, yesterday, and today, things have kind of gone nuts. Oh yeah. I mean, you had um, the Twins extend Byron Buxton, Buxton yep. seven year, a hundred million dollars. The next time the guy plays a full season will be the first time. <laughs> the Rangers give Marcus Simeon seven years, one hundred and seventy five million dollars to take him away from. Toronto. 
Toronto then turns around and gives Kevin Gaussman five years, $110 million, and steals him from the Giants like a year and a half after the guy's pitching out of somebody's bullpen. Scherzer to the Mets. Saw that. Three yes. years, 130. And that was one that, that they were tweeting about yesterday that they said it was heading in that general direction, but they weren't sure whether it was going to go through or not. So now the Mets um, have paid, will have $109 million next year tied up in Scherzer, DeGrom, and Lindor alone, which will be more than probably uh, Tampa's payroll, and Tampa oh, will probably still make the playoffs. Guaranteed. And then the big one today was Corey Seager to Texas, 10 years, $325 million. So there's a hundred or there's $500 million wrapped up in two guys. Yeah. Uh, $561 million Texas has committed in free agency in the last two days. The next closest is the Mets at two fifty-four. dollars <laughs> um, I'm not sure the Brewers will spend $2.54 in this offseason. Um no, seriously, folks, I'll be here all week. I don't think the Brewers are going to do much of anything until probably uh, January or February. I think this lockout thing is going to put most of their stuff on hold. Um, do you think that's going to happen, by the way? Player stoppage? I mean, I don't know what to make of these or contracts. Stoppage, whatever, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, if... If Kevin Gaussman is worth, oh, and another one that signed Robbie Ray, the AL oh, yes. Cy Young winner, yep. he got $110 million from, I believe, Seattle for five years. You sign with the Mariners? That sounds right. So if Corey Seager's worth three and a quarter mil, what's Adamus worth? He's he's at least half as good as Corey Seager, right? So he's got to be worth 175 150 so, I mean, the Brewers... What the hell's Corbin Burns worth? They're going to be priced out of some of these guys damn quick. Right? Damn I mean, you got you got to believe... I mean, I know they got these guys under and, contract and, for right, a couple and, of years, and then but it's arbi- like... You know, arbitration and stuff, but still... Corbin Burns is getting $200 million, right? I mean, you have to imagine. Cy Young Award winner? Yeah. You can't not pay him that. Woodruff's getting 120 right? I mean, it seems I, like... I mean, the when you look are, at these other guys, yeah. though... Cause like I I I text I was texting with a buddy today, and he told me about the Mets. He said the hundred nine million for Degrom, Scherzer, and Lindor. And I said to him, honestly, I'd rather have Burns, Woodruff, and and Adamus than those three. And for what a tenth of the money right now? Right. So yeah, when those guys come up. Unfortunately, it's going to be kind of like, okay, we got Braun, we got Yelich, but we're going to have to watch Fielder leave and Granky leave. God, we're going to have to watch Burns leave. Remember all those Adamus feelings. Like, sucks. That's the bad part. Like those guys that we have gotten and cultivated yep. and brought up, and now they're the dudes. And you can't, and you can't even get, you can't, you cannot call out Nacio cheap. Cannot get mad at the Brewers. For no, this. because it's because you cannot financially. No, you cannot give a player three hundred twenty-five million. It's unrealistic to be trying to play ball with the likes of those guys as far as the checkbook. Well, is and can concerned. somebody go back and show me where these contracts work out? Pooh holes. Ten, yeah, by year five, he was washed. Right, they were they were dying for people to take him. Did to A-Rod take that money finish off. Finish out his his big ass. After he was too? suspended three times that, for being a cheater. Okay. If he doesn't cheat, he probably doesn't fulfill the contract. So who in San Diego has both Tatis, of those deals? Tatis and, and uh, Machado. Machado. Machado hasn't been nearly as good as he was 
when he was on the Orioles and the Dodgers. I just the short term memory of some of this stuff, and just the just the willingness and the utter stupidity to just want to compete by throwing a boatload of money. We see this in the NFL free agent market, not nearly to the degree that I think in baseball, um, because the contracts are so much longer. You're not going to give a guy in the NFL that many years. Right. Because chances are he's going to suffer a career-ending injury, and at the rate that they want guaranteed money, nobody would ever do it. Right. But for baseball, we're so long that you get even to the halfway point of some of these deals, and it's like... And we were we regret doing that. Well, and it's because baseball. I get why the players want it. It's because the baseball is so volatile. I mean, Cody Bellinger can be the best player in baseball one year, and then the next year he hits one eighty, and he and he loses his power. Yelich can be the best player in baseball, and then all of a sudden he's got seven homers in freaking September, and then next year he might have thirty eight. Like, so how do I pay you? You know what I'm saying? You, so that they love the long out. contract yeah. in baseball because really you would think. Like, the NBA guys have got it figured out. Like, LeBron just signs these two-year deals. And then every two years, the market goes up, and I get more. And right. then it goes up, and then I get more. And you can, or, or you get a player option, but, then you opt out, but then you re-sign. But there's no volatility in the star player in basketball. You're always a star. Like, LeBron's just not going to... Or, or Next year, Giannis isn't going to just average 18. He's always going to average 28 a game. Right. You know? At least till he's old. But, yeah, pretty... Pretty wild day in MLB free agency, man. Unreal. Fun day to watch on Twitter. You got uh, you got one other note or no, anything else that you need to go to? We're All good. right, so we packed in about ninety plus minutes because we didn't have a show last week. Um, Monday's probably not going to be good next week, so we might have to shoot for Wednesday. I don't know what your schedule looks like. We'll but, figure it out. Um, I know we got another bit bit busy week of ball games next week. We got five this week that starts on Tuesday, so. That's why we're doing this on the Monday. I'm going to try and watch uh, watch a couple of downs of this football game tonight just to see if it's anything to sniff at. But, yeah, otherwise it's basketball. Yeah, I got a little Iowa-Virginia. I may... Okay. Well, actually, that one's going to be just about getting over here, so I might have to catch the end of that. But a little ACC uh, Big Ten Challenge. Oh, it starts week, already? So. Yep. Okay. I know the Badgers play. Uh, they're at Georgia Tech on Wednesday. On, on Wednesday so. All right, that is the intentional foul for this week. Thanks for sticking with us for the full 90 minutes if you did, in fact, do that. Um, listening, make sure uh, you subscribe. And, of course, tell some of your friends to jump on board. We need to build our listener base and, yeah, uh, and a we, little bit more. And we sincerely appreciate the loyal listeners that we do have. Absolutely. We love you guys. Got, so got, a, got, got a good core of those people. Yep. So uh, spread the spread the love about us, and maybe you can be some of uh, who knows when down the road you can be remembered as the diehards. There you go, the ones that first stuck around and stuck through uh, all the years that we've been doing this. If yeah. we keep going, all right. So until next week, I'm Josh. And Dan, we will talk to you then. Go Bucks.